culture. What exactly is culture? It's what defines us. It's what we experience every single day when communicating with our family, our friends, or business people. We turn on the TV, we watch movies, we listen to politicians, we talk to our friends across the street. Everything always boils down to the culture. What drives the culture? Is it movies? Is it entertainment? Is it politicians? Is it philosophy? Is it policy? What drives culture? Culture is politics. Culture is entertainment. And culture is sports. Here at Boondock Underground and the affiliated shows, we always try to capture culture. We want to talk about culture. We want to reveal culture. We don't believe in the cancel culture, which permeates almost every part of our lives. No matter what happens, we watch movies, we watch TV shows, we watch politicians on TV. No matter what we do, cancel culture is always really, really close. One of the things that we do to try and escape the cancel culture or the negative culture that's going on in society is we turn to sports. But now sports has become the culture. And not just the parts where it drives people to do good things because of the power of sports, but it jumped into cancel culture. Whether it's allowing somebody to kneel during the national anthem, painting Black Lives Matter on the basketball court, forcing major league managers to walk out to the mound in a mask covering their face, or like we've seen in Major League Baseball, taking such a ridiculous political position that it moves the All-Star Game from Atlanta, Georgia to someplace else simply because they believe that the politics behind the new voter ID law is something that Major League Baseball needs to take a stance on. So sit back and relax. It's not just going to be about cancel culture and dramatic issues. We're going to talk fun sports, but we're going to hit these issues as well with myself, Boondock, and my man from Sack B, Joe Davidson. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this brand new Boondock and Joe Davidson sports show right here. Boom. That's how we do it, man. I like that. You I'm like inspired. That? Yeah. First of all, I want to get your autograph. And yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no that was that was. Uh, you're a longtime radio guy. How long did it take you to, to bang out those words? Uh, you know what's funny is I, the whole thing was like the whole thing is with music and everything is like three minutes. It took me about three and a half minutes. To <laughs> Excellent. Because some people yeah. spend them. They'll take a week. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, I find it always important to never overthink too much. You know, and besides, dudes like you and me, sports dudes like you and me, we can't overthink. Right. You know what I mean? I mean, we have a hard time thinking anyway. Yes. Uh, or at least a guy like me. <laughs> hey, I'm, I got comprehension issues as well. So uh, I, I, hear, I hear you. It's different for you because you have been, you've been writing and in uh, writing takes so much more concentration and intelligence than it does to just stick a microphone in your face. Uh, but it's, it's cool because you're, you're good at being able to do both. I couldn't go over and do what you do. Why don't you tell people what you've been doing for the past 30 some years? Well, first of all, Keith, it's good to be with you, and, and thanks for wearing the argumentative Dodgers hat. I was hoping you would say you know, something I mean, at some point. Yeah. These, you know, and <laughs> it's 110 degrees outside. We couldn't go outside and do this. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. um, no, it's good to be here. Um, I've been at the Sacramento Bee since 1989. I like to tell people, like, you know, when I was about 
10, yeah, give okay. or take. Yeah. Uh, right out of college, um, pre-internet. Yeah. Which tells you how long ago that's yeah. been. Yeah. Um, I've enjoyed it. Uh, been in sports at the Sacramento Bee the whole time. That's uh, my passion. I played high school sports in Oregon in the small um, country, uh, northeastern part of the state. Um, and I've done a lot of high school coverage, Sac State, UC Davis, Pac-12, did the Kings, um, headed our NBA and Kings coverage when the Kings were great. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a lot of fun. Yeah. Did not like all the road trips. I think I'm still tired from the... 2005 Western Conference semifinals. Uh, you know, yeah, all, all the, you, you've, you've flown. It, it, it kind of yeah. wears you out. Yep. Um, I enjoy my job. I enjoy the responsibility that comes with it. Um, I thought your uh, monologue leading in um, was was a, a strong one, and it's true. Even even if you don't want to listen to cancer cult, it's there. Mm-hmm, yeah. And it's there, and we feel it in the media. Uh, you've been a longtime media guy on the, on the, on the radio waves, and, um, you know, it's – you don't want sports to have politics in high school or college NBA, but it's there. Yeah. And and your consumer base, the fans, they're either on one side or the other, or they're down the middle. Um, and so that those we're gonna have plenty of topics to talk about on that. And yep. um <clears throat> Sacramento's a great area. I, I've enjoyed my job. I'm, I'm kind of a, a survivor in that regard. Um, you know, newspapers and media, um, radio and television. We all know that there's cutbacks yeah. and it's and it's cutthroat and it's cruel. Um, so I'm, I'm, I, I feel fortunate to have that. It's, it's a great forum to have. It's a, f- a fun venture that you and I are doing. And, um, you know, when you talk about not overthinking, we, we don't need to have a whole bunch of scripted stuff. We're just going to let her rip. But, no, uh, yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, and, and the cancer culture and just sports and politics, um, it's not just on a national stage. Or the global stage, if you're talking the Olympics, it's right there in college. Yep. It's right there in high schools. How can it be in high schools? Because um, you might have a. I mean, we saw it during the pandemic. You had some superintendents and some principals at neighborhood, you know, regional high schools that I want my kids on campus. Right. And then you might have a district just outside the, just down the road, Elk Grove Unified said, "No, we're going to do this distance learning and this and." And there's that tug of war and the influence and. Uh, and we saw that play out a lot. Um, there was more uh, bickering on social media, uh, Keith, you know, regarding high school sports more than I've ever seen before. Really? And, um, you know, uh, I'm mad at the governor. And I'm mad at my school district. And I'm mad at the CIF, this, the California Interscholastic Federation, the governing body, because they're taking this away from our kids. And then you might have the other side might be in the same class, might be in the same coaching staff, might mm-hmm. be on the same administration board or in the same newsroom and say, well, no, I, I think we got to err on the side of caution. So that's never been in our lives. And yeah. so for young people, they're finding this out more and more. Mm-hmm. And, and one of the topics we'll talk on later certainly is, um, are you ready to be full-on sports uh, again? Yeah. Uh, are we tired of, you know, like you said, Keith, you know, sports is supposed to be that release, but it's not always that release if it's still there. Yeah, I mean, it's so I I did um, I did sports talk for years with uh, CBS Sports, and I've been on radio for a long time, and I've never, um, and, you know, in doing doing sports talk, being able to sit in uh, in in radio or, or on TV and do sports talk, and um, it was always like uh, you know, like the TV stations would have us come out and they would have us pick uh, for the uh, March Madness brackets, and they would have us come in and talk for a few minutes about the uh, NBA Finals or about the Super Bowl or whatever it was, and um, it, that was really all we ever talked about. We never had to jump into anything that had to do with politics or anything like that. It was you know, it's it's kind of always been like 
a, a, a quiet, stealthy underlying thing when we had the Olympics, when you had uh, the the black athletes and, and you know, and the, the protest there. To me, that that was a little bit different back then. I actually had some meaning back mm-hmm. then, um, but it's it's never been like that before. Um, at least not on this scale. So now you you get to a point where not only you have all the politics, uh, but you also have the um, you also have the the uh, the stuff that was happening with COVID. Right. So we're gonna get into it in a few minutes. Uh, I'll talk about uh, talk about that because for me, it turned me off. I stopped watching sports. I stopped listening to sports. Stopped paying attention to sports. Even when I got out of sports talk. Um, I stopped with sports pretty much uh, exclusively just because I was worn out. Um, but I, and I wanted to go back to being a casual fan. And, uh, but then now, as, as a casual fan, between uh, cancel culture, between wokeism, between uh, what was going on with uh, COVID and everything else and the things that I disagreed with when it came to COVID, uh, it, just, it, it was like a perfect storm. And it took sports and flipped it upside down and it was unrecognizable to me uh whether it was no fans in the stands um you know like i said in the monologue with with uh, major league managers coming out to uh relieve pitchers with 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 masks on and nobody else had masks on it was like the most bizarre virtue signaling weird like non-scientific backwards asinine like we're all grown-ass adults but we can't figure out how to you know maintain and manage this thing and it just seemed like it was a show so it was really it was irritating to me and, and we'll get into it because I, I want to talk about not only you know my experience with it but yours and then what the numbers say as far as ratings people's butts in the seats um and and what people think about um, you know, politics and wokeism and everything else that's in sports. Well, and then Keith, the, you know, what is it that sports are trying to do? You're trying to appeal to the consumer. Yeah. And so, you know, you think about the consumer who's watching it on TV or who goes to a Kings game or an NBA game or a Major League Baseball game. And now that the state is open, we got full crowds and, and it's nice to see the NBA playoffs with full crowds. Um, and so the consumer is split you got people on the left you got people on the right um and some may embrace and hey i appreciate that there's a black lives matter paint on the on the basketball floor yeah. at, at golden one or at um anywhere in america staples center or something and then you might be sitting next to someone who said i don't want that here mm-hmm. yep and so you know you can understand where the owner of a team is trying to um listen to his leading players, his mm-hmm. star players. And we need to be sensitive to that. We need to listen to that. Okay, fair enough. But then you're also, but those aren't your consumers. They're your that's employees. Right. So that's a tough deal. And it, I think basically what we're saying here, Keith, is let's get back to normal. Yeah, and, and, nice. You know, I don't think that BLM is going to be on, on basketball floors long term. Um, I think the mask issues or uh, the masking is, is, is slowly ending yeah. uh, for concerts, for, for large sporting events. Um, it was so cool to see some of these NBA playoff games in Phoenix, in Denver, um, in Milwaukee, in, in Brooklyn, in Utah, and their places packed. Because yeah. last season, um, or even earlier this season, there's nothing worse, Keith, than piped in crowd Dude, noise for I'm a basketball. That's, that's that's it's just goofy. football too. It was crazy. Like like uh, then you look up there, and for a while I, I wasn't even like I'd be at the gym and I'd see the baseball came back and I'd look and it, it, you had to like double double take. And then when you did, you'd see 
Oh, those are cardboard people. Those aren't real people, man. And that was weird to they, me. Even I just the thought, cardboard people look bored. It, I know, right? It was it was look at weird. all those cardboard people dozing off. It at, was forty niners games. Yeah. And um I went to one forty niners game, not to interrupt you, Keith, and covering an event, you know, you've done concert reviews, you've gone to mm. Grammys, you've gone to Super Bowls, you've gone to um championship games. Well, the atmosphere is the fans, and when yep. you go there, what is it, what is it? A scrimmage, and where everybody's just wearing their jerseys? Yeah. It's, it's just weird. Yeah, and, it's a very strange feeling. You know, and uh, the economic toll is catastrophic. You would talk about the the pandemic hammering down on businesses in California where we are. Well, the Kings lost some hundred eighty million dollars without wow. having fans, yeah, and for that. a small market team, that's devastating. Yeah, and that's crippling. Um, and so. You know, and you think about all those surrounding areas um, and Golden Once and all those restaurants, they were closed. Mm-hmm. And so yep. we're all ready. Let's get this going again. Concerts and, and, and sporting events. It's good for everybody. It's, it's good to, you know, we were all been bunkered in. It's nice to be able to go to a live event. Yeah, and it was jacked up, too, because the, the, a lot of those places down there that built uh, those restaurants and those those different things that you could do as a consumer uh, was built around the fact that the, uh, that the arena was down there and then it, everything closed down. Yeah. So it just got, uh, it got strange. Things are starting to get back to normal now. We'll have to see how it goes. But as far as sports is concerned, uh, it, it feels a lot more normal than it did this time last year, which is good. Uh, but here's, here's some of the part that does not feel normal. And we'll just start getting into it. We'll just start getting into some of the, the, some of the main topics with sports over the last uh, week or so. Um, I, I don't. I haven't been watching too much NBA, so we'll get into that in just a couple of seconds because I know that the Phoenix Suns are in the Western, Western Conference Finals, which is bizarre to me. I haven't seen that since the Dan Marley days. Uh, Charles Barkley. Uh, 93, you know, 94. Yeah, right. 93, 94, when, when they should have won the NBA Finals, but, right. but Paxson came out of nowhere and right. put a dagger in there. Yes. Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> I saw him collapsing on Jordan. I'm like, no, don't yeah. leave Paxson open. Anyway, I hated the Bulls. And that would have been a great story for the Phoenix Suns fans. Uh, just oh, like it would be now, yeah. And not to steer off course here, now, but yeah. um, watching the NBA playoffs, and I'm I'm going to tell you as my friend and co-host here, watch the Phoenix Suns because yeah. we're seeing emer- we're seeing an, a guy at the twilight of his career in Chris Paul who's really cementing his greatness. Yeah, no, no, it, it, I was Chris really Paul impressed. Chris Paul have this yeah. team in the finals, yeah. really. I, and 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 my man Booker, who I've I liked coming out of college, um, I, who I thought was going to leave Phoenix at some point, and um, so yeah, it's, it that's a really cool story. It's not a big market team, obviously, although Phoenix is a, a relatively big size market, it's, but it does not have a sports NFL, market. Yeah. Does have an NHL, does have major college, so it is big. It does have yeah, it do, it is, but and it's I'm not, not sure. It's not recognized as big as New York, Chicago, uh, Miami, Philadelphia, yeah, LA. Yeah. It right. kind of feels like it's on the same. Uh, um, uh, trajectory is is Sacramento, right. although it, you know it does have NFL, NHL, Major League Baseball. <laughs> yeah, it does have all the big sports, um, and I think they have a Major League Soccer team as well. So I, I don't know if that's true. I don't pay attention too much to soccer, but I'll have to ask the soccer people out Silence there. over here. I'm uh, not sure either. I don't think they do. Here's crazy. Here's here's something that's even crazier. Somebody said to me uh, the other day, and I don't even I don't even remember who it was, but somebody said um, that. Uh, was it, maybe it was, maybe it was my business partner said something about the giants. Her name is Megan. Yeah. Well, maybe Megan, maybe, did you say something about the giants being in first place? Yeah, that's right. She did. Okay. So I just well, want to make sure, was I just want to make sure that, that was the female had a I got Dodger hat. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, it's what we were looking at the TV and she was like, Oh my, I can't wait to go to a giants game. The giants are like, 
having like the best year in like years. And I'm like, no, they're not. I wasn't, I haven't been paying attention. And then I looked at the, at the standings and I'm like, holy crap, they are. They're like, they're like, so, so in major league baseball and all these different, um, uh, MLB and all these different websites came out and gave their top five, uh, teams that are out there. And, uh, and, and if you look at just on record and everything else, you got Tampa Bay who was in the world series last, the bizarre quasi world series that my Dodgers did win. Um, and then you got the Chicago White Sox. Mm-hmm. You got the LA Dodgers. San Francisco and Oakland. Yeah. I mean, you got Oakland in the top five right now, looking really good in the American with, League West. With small market budget. Yeah. Um, Billy Ball, bro. Exactly. And it, and it lingers. And, um, and the Oakland A's could be on the move. And Major League Baseball gave the Oakland ownership group the green light to say, look around. Yeah. You, you can look around. Because normally a relocation in pro sports is a failure on the league. Uh-huh, I remember yeah. interviewing David Sturt, the NBA commissioner, years ago. And he said, we don't want teams relocating. It, it's a bad look. Mm-hmm. And, well, that's interesting. And... Um, but the Oakland A's, um, you know, they've already the Oakland has already lost the Warriors to San Francisco, lost the Raiders to Oakland or to um, Las Vegas, and may lose the Oakland A's all because there's not money to get a, a, a stadium. Well, I'll build a new state. Where's it going to come from? Who's yeah. going to pay for it? And yeah. so, um, where would you put it? So? And it's the most archaic, old dump of a major yeah. league or NBA or NFL major sports uh, venue. In you know, all you sports. know. I mean, I. Okay, I moved to the Bay Area uh, from L.A. when um, in 1987, right? So, and I don't know, I was maybe a year and a half old. Or yeah, give or and, take, uh, <laughs> give or take, <laughs> 15 years or so. And uh, and we we would go to Oakland games all the time. This is back when they had the ice plants and everything out in the outfield before they had uh, Mount Davis out there. And um, it, I I I liked it. I liked it. I I liked the stadium. I didn't like. Hagenberger. I didn't like being out there in the dumps. Right. Um, but I, I liked the stadium. And even to this day, I still go. I, I haven't this You like the stadium because that's what you knew. I, I guess I just don't see it as being that bad. Well, but you know, <laughs> that's what's interesting. You remember Arco Arena? And yeah. it was a dump, but, people, but fans dump. would say, but this is great. Well, you go to the Pepsi Center in, in Denver, or you go to Staples uh, Center, yeah, or you yeah. go to here, and they Staples, don't go. Yeah. So they're used to what they're seeing. Uh, but Arco died, it, and it was, um, you know, there was grass out there in, in, in the parking lot, growing old weeds. Um, the bathroom stalls were rotting from the bottom up. Um, yeah. and it was just decaying. And that arena wasn't that old. It was built in 88. Which is not like 1920, yeah. and it, but it was built on the cheap for $40 million. Was it built in 88? 1988. Jeez, I don't even remember. I, I just, and, I, and it was for $40 million, which was really cheap. Well, that is cheap. Really cheap then. Yeah. Um, you know, now they're a billion dollars, yeah. um, you know, yeah. and it's been a, a, a while. But, you know, Minnesota plays in a, an arena, and so does Orlando, that were also built in 88. And they've, they've withstood. Yeah. And so now... You know, not to go off course here, Keith, but the Kings almost relocated three or four times. Mm-hmm. And yep. until you, you've got to get a new arena. If you don't get a new arena, you won't survive. That's why the Raiders had to leave. And that's why Oakland fans should appreciate, hey, you're in first place. This may be, doesn't mean they're going to leave next year. They do, It yeah. could take two or three years. And another topic for another day, they're not coming to Sacramento. Where are they going to play? Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, I was kick out, say, kick the, out the River go? Cats. No, it doesn't work that way. Yeah. The River Cats are the AAA feeder to the Giants. They just Giants. signed a 10-year extension. Yeah. It just it doesn't 
doesn't happen that way. And there is no major league team in major league baseball that has a triple A team in the same city. Yeah. You just kind of separate those. So it's a nice fantasy, uh, but it's not going to happen. And what about Oregon? Oregon. You know. I love Oregon. I'm a native of Oregon. They're in Portland. Well, Portland is would I mean, love they, to they have got, it. They got a, they, they got a, a minor league team up in in Portland, so That's true. And that would so they'll probably make it problematic um you know, there's talk that may wind up in Las Vegas. How, how weird is that? You know, Vegas forever. No, you're not going to have anything here. We're worried about the gambling. Well, now the NFL's there. Yeah. It's um, NHL is there. And and that uh, NHL team, the Golden Knights, went to the finals, yeah. uh, um, Stanley Cup finals a couple of years ago. And they, they may do it again this year. Yeah. So. And that's like, okay. Yeah. Um, I, I, don't think, probably, I mean, a lot, the, the Raiders would probably be good. Uh, I think they'll be a lot better this year as well. So they could have a successful uh, NFL team. Uh, the Golden Knights, they're they're playing. They're probably going to beat Montreal. So they're they're going to be doing right well there. Isn't that uh, amazing? Yeah. So you, I mean, you, I could see Oakland going there. Yeah. Well, but but here's the thing: is we we're, we're bemoaning. It's a great word. We're bemoaning and fussing about this 109 degree weather here in El Dorado Hills. Yeah. Well, that's like that in Las Vegas every day. Every so if day. you're doing and at if night, you, if you're doing <laughs> baseball up there. You're going to have a dome stadium? Yeah. See, that's going to be brutal. And, you know, you think about the Raiders. The Raiders' first year was in Vegas. In a non-COVID year, it would have set that city upside down. Yeah. They had no fans the whole year. I mean, what a clunker. Um, And some people think, well, that's uh, that's kind of that COVID karma. You know, how dare the Raiders bail out of Oakland? Uh, can't blame the owner. They could not get a deal. Uh, and so their first year, they had no fans. I mean, how much money did they lose? What is, uh, what do you think, what's driving San Francisco? Because when I look at, when I look at the lineup outside of Soul Glow, um, what's his name with the Jerry curl? Uh, I don't, I, I don't even hardly know any of these guys. I, I hear you. You, you got Brandon Evan Bell. Longoria. He's still yeah. on the team. right? Yeah. And you've got, <laughs> exactly. You got, uh, Crawford belt, um, Posey three anchors a, a year ago. Those guys um, are old, the, though, the fans were all over, um, um, you know, the manager, they wanted a new guy. He looks like he's doing some good things. There's a local story of note, Sam Long, um, yeah, you were uh, telling me about it. Oh, him. this Sammy, guy's Sammy Ballgame. Sammy Ballgame, <laughs> slinging Sammy, and he grew up in Sacramento. He played at Del Campo High School. Played uh, was a three year starter, uh, All American at Sacramento State. Was drafted by the Tampa Bay Devil Rays. Uh, had a back issue yeah. that people didn't know about, which hurts your pitching. Yeah. And so he, within a few years, he was out of baseball, and he started taking classes, Keith, at uh, Sac State to be a an EMT um, and. Um, um, to be a firefighter. Nice. And he was only 24, and he started working out with a guy um, in some facility in Sacramento, and, and he was throwing 93 miles an hour. And what happened, he got healthy, and his back got stronger. And I said, you know, you're a lefty. You're throwing 93, 94. And then he got back on the radar, and the Giants signed him a minor league deal. And then all of a sudden, he skyrockets right up. He blazes right through AAA. Um, and now he's he, he has his first start for the Giants last week. He... Um, Five innings, eight strikeouts, one walk. It's like, how about that? Yeah. So, uh, great story there on on that young guy. So, things like that. You add all those pieces together, um, they get a little success. And um, but you know, baseball. I mean, it's such a marathon, it's a and, long and, time. and and it's so hard to win. I mean, you know, the Dodgers win last year for the first time since '88, mm-hmm. since Kirk Gibson and those guys. Yep. Uh, it is hard to break through, and 
Um, well, they would have won. They would have won. I, I'm convinced they would have won back-to-back World Series if it wasn't for Dave Roberts. Dave Roberts is the worst manager in all of sports. Oh. I, I've been saying it for a long time. I don't, I don't care know if he's worse says. than uh, what Doc Rivers has done with uh, with Philadelphia and blowing all these leads. I, yeah, I the, mean, yeah, the NBA. lately though. But Doc at least had a uh, you know he had a championship under his belt. Took it, you know, took the Celtics and finally won after, geez, I don't know, eighty six maybe. Right. right. Um, and uh, you know, and so yeah, he's 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 kind of crapped the bed a little bit since then. But but Dave Roberts. The way he managed that team in those two World Series when uh, they were Game Seven in L.A. against Houston, who probably cheated anyway, but it's like it's probably. Like, yeah. Can I edit that word out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they 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 did cheat. They can go ahead and keep the ring. No, whatever, man. There's an asterisk. But I mean, watching him uh, manage that was like was like watching blind people. You know, try to how navigate. Did, how does he hold his job then? And I how don't does know. He, how does he not lose his locker room, bro? I, that's that's the part. I think he doesn't lose the locker room because he was a player and he's a players manager, yes. and he's just he's always got his players back. Never yeah. throws anybody under the bus. That part I respect about him. But the fact of the matter is, the way he mismanages his his uh, his lineup, the way he mismanages his pitching staff. The, he blew through every pitcher he had yeah. in that game seven. Uh, in that whole series, he blew every. It, it was like you look at the bench; there was nobody left to pitch. Yeah, like what are you going to do now, man? Yeah. Like you, you didn't endure it. And he would do like these weird righty and lefty things. And I was like, bro, you're not smart. This is you're, you're not doing what traditional guys. Well, are doing. What you're was it we Tony were saying Lusa. earlier in the show? Uh, don't overthink. Yeah, dude, always over. Yeah. He's the Dusty Baker of of his time. You know, like you know, Dusty and, Baker would always overthink. And, and that's um, the thing about managers or coaches um you're defined by your legacy and um if he doesn't win the world series they might have let him go yeah, um, maybe. and you, you know you're talking about i think you said the chicago white Sox are another team in first place yep. tony la russa yeah <laughs> yeah la russa. there's a there's a retread yeah he's been doing it for a long and time man. the other night um the white Sox played the astros and it was the first time in major league history that two managers faced each other and the managers were 70 years or older. So that's La Russa <laughs> and then Dusty Baker. Yeah. And it's like, Dusty Baker. how about that? Uh, and those guys, I don't think, like each other very much. I mean, you've you've covered them, right? So I've known Dusty for years. Yeah. yeah. You know, um, <laughs> he's a, he's a super ball... nice guy, too. I just, Dusty is. I just, because I've met him plenty of times right. and I interviewed him. He's a great guy. I just thought he was a bad manager. You know, and it's. It's amazing how a decision can define you. So, you know, yeah. he was with the Giants, managing them 2002 or so. They're playing Anaheim, and he pulls out a pitch. Yep. He'll never overcome it. No. And it's and, and I've talked to him about it, and he, um, yeah, do you touch you? And, but, but as a manager, you're trusted to make that instinct and that call, and he believed it. Yeah, and, no. And it didn't work. No, you know. And it, so it's on him, and he knows that. And he knows this is probably his last go. Oh, and, yeah, and, has and to be. He, he has um, to be. You know, then you also ask him, you know, Dusty, why? He's a Sacramento guy. He goes, yep. why don't you just retire and fish and do your winery and all? Because they compete. You know, um, yeah. Tony LaRusso, dude, why don't you on the beach somewhere? Because this is what they do. I know. It's really, it's and like it, really it, hardwired into him, man. Yeah. And, and, um, I saw Oscar De La Hoya is going to have a fight this week yes. at, at 48. You know, it's like, <laughs> yeah. why don't you be, because this is who they are. This yeah. is what they are and who they are. And I guess you could kind of root again, you know, for them. But sometimes 
I wouldn't mind seeing Oscar just get clocked. <laughs> yeah, I if knock he, him right into if retirement. If he fought somebody who was <laughs> really good and, and and somebody who was at the top of their game right now, he get his ass whooped. Yes. Um, <laughs> well, let's transition now that we're talking. Since we're talking about that and and, and age and, and getting up there and everything else, Tom Brady. So Tom yeah. Brady comes out and he says at the end of the Super Bowl last year. Uh, that uh, somebody asked him if he was going to play until he was 50. And he said, you know, uh, he said, I can't commit to that. He's like, 50 is even is even pretty old and pretty much that's even hard for someone like me who keeps my body in tip-top shape and everything else. Um, even if you protected him well, I, I, I do think I've been a Brady defender because I am I love Tom Brady. I grew up a Patriots fan, um, and uh, and they never won crap. Uh, they got their butts kicked in 85 by the Chicago Bears, which anybody was going to Tony Easton just Chicago got Bears. devoured. Oh, yeah. yeah. It, I, like, I think we scored first. Yeah, and we three were up like 3 nothing. I remember that. <laughs> yeah. so this then, could be a big one. I was like, we're going to do this, man. And then they just, just proceeded to lose. I don't even remember what it was, 45-3 to three or yeah. something like that. It was 10, awful. I think, 45-10. Yeah. And, um, but, I mean, uh, I never won anything until Tommy came to town. And Tommy's a Bay Area guy. And I remember when I was in high school – He's three years younger than me, so I remember in my senior year, we... we what high school were you? Uh, Newark Memorial. Okay, so you're in the Bay Area, and he was yeah. a Sarah of San Mateo, Sarah, so you, uh, you guys were at the same time. We were probably 15 miles apart from each that? other, so he was a uh, freshman when I was a senior, and um, he we had heard about him, you know, um, and we had heard that, because we would play Sarah in... Uh, scrimmages and stuff like that. We weren't in the same league. We didn't have. Uh, we were in the MVAL and Mission Valley Athletic League, and they were in a different league. But they were the West Ca- <clears throat> West Catholic Athletic League. Yeah, and they and so we it, know that because it's important to know shit around here. Yeah, of course, Excuse it's my, important. My verbiage. No, no, there, no. Yeah. This is no. There are no FCC regulations. Okay, well, good. <laughs> um, so we yeah. So we we'd heard about him, and um, but, but that was it. Like we heard we got this new kid, and uh, he's supposed to be really really good, and he's like a top prospect and everything else, and he had a, a Pretty good high school career, and then went on to you know have a a, a mediocre college career in, until what was it, the Orange Bowl when he did Tom Brady shit. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And, and <laughs> let me stop you right there. So he was he didn't even lead a playoff team in high school. Mm-hmm. Uh, they went five and five one year, four six the other year. He was really good in baseball, same school yeah. as, as Barry Bonds. Yep. Um, they played different times, and so he was a good sized kid, six foot four in high school, and. Before the internet, before cell phones where you could have easy access to a, a cell video, yeah. his dad did um, filmed him yeah, and had a little thing where he said, this is Tom Brady and he's a high school senior and they sent out film. Yeah, I think I help, remember that. Um, yeah. But he was a big guy, so he got the scholarship and... He, I don't even think he starts until his senior year, uh, and he was solid, but not an All-American. The team was was okay. He had the big the b- big bowl game, and Tom Yee was a guy from Sacramento, um, grew up in Sacramento, and he wanted to be an agent. And his first target was Tom Brady, and he went to that bowl game, <laughs> and he was able to get a hold of the father, and um, was able to sign him, uh. and. You know, only it's a six-round pick. Well, good luck with that. Yeah. And then look how that turned out. Yeah. And then the guy becomes great. But you talk about timing. So it's Drew Bledsoe's team. Mm-hmm. And Drew Bledsoe gets blown up. That's right. Tom Brady comes in, I think it's 2001, yep. and they 2001. never look back. They never looked back. They didn't Unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, do the Patriots have that kind of run with Bledsoe, who was a good quarterback? No, they don't. We'll never know. No, I don't think so. And here's, and here's, here's where I was leading to it. Uh, 
I don't think he'll play until he's 50. I'm a big Tom Brady fan. I think this will probably be his final year. Maybe one more after that, depending on what will they do this year. Will this be his 20th season? No, this will be like his. Uh, this will be his 21st season. Wow. Yeah, so, I mean, he'll be 45, I think, when when the season starts. Because I think his... I think his uh, his uh, birthday is in is in August, I okay. think. Um, so when this or early September, I think. And so when it, when the season starts, he'll be, I believe, he'll be, I believe he'll be forty five, maybe forty four. I got to double check on that. He's my man crush. You'd think he would, I would know these things. I'm uh, disappointed that you don't. I know, I know, I know. And when, you know, t- tonight when I go home and stare at my poster, I'll, I'll apologize to the <laughs> to the <laughs> to god the of Tom yes. Brady. <laughs> Sorry, TV twelve. Um, no, but but. So we had this big discussion when he went to Tampa Bay, and it broke my heart, man, because I, I have zero love and affection for anything that's in Florida. You know, I don't care about any teams. Neither does anybody there, right? So it's like, I, it's like, I didn't want him to go to Tampa Bay. I was like, I, I even, this is the crazy thing. I hate the San Francisco 49ers with every bit of passion that I have. And every fiber in your every body, every right. single fiber. I hate them so much. I want them to drop out of the league, and and you know what? Mm. It's mutual. I know. They, they probably yeah. say, hey, I Keith, promise who's it Keith is. Brooks? You know, but here's the crappy thing. Is he still thing. on the air? <laughs> I was actually pulling for him to go to San Francisco because he'd be close. It would be. There were discussions. It would be like a story of him coming home. That's his home team. That's who he loved. His Joe Montana. He continues right. to call Joe Montana the GOAT. So it's like it would be. A serendipitous. Uh, mark that down. It's the first time I've ever used that word. I, I don't even know what it means. I don't know what it means either. I've just heard it a few times. And and so he goes, uh, I was thinking he could go there. And if he had gone there, they won, They would have won the last two Super Bowls. But instead, he goes to Tampa Bay. And uh, and then they win the Super Bowl. And I'm, I, I didn't watch any NFL last year, which we'll talk about in a second. But that I did really watch... sealed his greatness. I mean, he was oh, already yeah. great. Yeah. But to go to... Another team. And and really wasn't sharp all season, but boy, did he click. I mean, it's like, you know, and here's the thing. Um, a lot of people can't stand Tom Brady because yeah. they're but successful. They, well, right. exactly. And he's not on their team. Yeah, exactly. And so it's easy to, uh, there were a lot of Buccaneers fans who probably didn't like him. Now uh-huh. he's on their team. Oh, we love the guy. It's just like in Major League with the, the guy that, who was it? Uh, the guy that came over from uh, whatever, from the Yankees and he played for Cleveland. And right. They hated him. Right. And he goes, yeah, it's amazing what a new uniform can do to a guy. You well, know how about I mean? Dennis Rodman? When yeah. he was with the the um, Detroit Pistons, Pistons the Bulls hated. fans hated yeah, him. Absolutely. Then when he was with them, eh, he's just misunderstood he's our guy it was the same thing with me i i hated uh there's a lot of people that i i could not stand but i i i knew that if we got them on the, and that happened a couple of times i get a couple of guys that i absolutely couldn't stand on my team um and you know Wes walker was one of them i didn't like his i just didn't like his little speedy gonzalez look you know he just irritated me and then he came to our team and i'm like yes sir i love the guy and then i called him sir drops a lot because he couldn't hold on to the ball when the when the moments were big <sighs> which was crazy because he was so good otherwise you know but but it's so Bra- Brady is easy to root for, yeah, because he's greatness. And you know, there's the same kind of argument, uh, Keith. Well, you know, LeBron James. A lot of people don't like him. Hey, yeah. just appreciate this guy's greatness. You, we don't see guys like this every year. I, I, you know, that comeback that Brady had against the Falcons a Falcons. few years ago in the playoffs. Yeah. And it's like we are watching greatness unfold. It's like, like it. this is uh, Montana esque, and here he is. Um, back to your original point, I hope he doesn't play till fifty. Nah, and, I don't want to see that. And I would think his family, you know, wouldn't want him to. And and there's nothing worse than seeing greatness erode. Yeah, yeah. And um, you know, where you're just not quick enough, and your arm strength is a little bit less. And we may the fear is 
we may see that this year, or he could just do more Tom Brady things again. I, I think before he, I think before he allows that to happen, he would leave because um, guys like Peyton Manning. I watched, I watched him bumble after his last two seasons, and especially the one where they won the Super Bowl, where he was a liability. Right, and um, and, and he knew it, and he knew it. Yeah, and, but and his I'd greatness was his, enough where. They won the Super Bowl, they, but he was a did. fraction. Of, he was a shell of himself. Oh, he was yeah. a shell of himself. And I've seen it. I, I watched him in person in his prime, and it was meticulous. I, I, I've seen Tom Brady a ton of times in person, and and his uh, his ability to check down, to read defenses, to adjust, his ability to throw. Um, you know, he didn't have the strongest arm in the world, but I, he would put footballs in places where I was like, why are you throwing it? Oh, there is somebody right, right there to grab it. Like he was like he, and, and, and he kind of forced everybody around him to step their game up, to come in early, to leave late. And, and he got them all to buy into this, you know, team first, me second mentality. And then, so it, 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 you know, the, the, the big discussion when he went over to Tampa Bay was, well, we'll find out uh, if it was Belichick or Brady. I, I, can, I can tell you that right now. I know that it's Brady because Belichick wasn't that great without Tom Brady. I'm sorry. That's just the case. And I got the numbers to prove it. No, it's, it's true. And Bruce Arians um, is a hell of a coach. Hell of a and, coach. Yeah. and look what he did with Kurt Warner and got a, uh, um, the Cardinals in Arizona to the Super Bowl, and he does it here and demanding. Um, yeah. All right, let's see your uh, Belichick numbers. No, it, I, I, I've been watching Belichick my whole life, right? I, I watched him when he was an assistant coach with the Giants. Mm -hmm. um, watched him when he went over to Cleveland for that debacle and then went, went over to – and he did have one good season with, the, with Cleveland. He was 10-6, and six, uh, but the rest of the seasons, uh, the other season he was 5-11. and 11. He is a career 5-11 and 11 coach without Tom Brady. His – his his record with Tom Brady, 220, 224 and sixty six no. with Tom Brady. Without Tom Brady, fifty one and sixty six. Wow. Yeah, and and I've watched him. I I know that he's I know he's great X's nose guy. I know uh, O's guy. I know that he really. Um, I know he's a great football coach. But the fact of the matter is that whether the game has passed him by or whether he thinks too highly of himself or he overthinks or whatever the hell the problem is, preparation is legendary. But his execution on some of these things, like when I watched him uh, you know, uh, coach the Super Bowl and I watched him try to turn his team into a from a from a, a running gun, you know, scoring thirty four points a game to running the ball and pounding the ground and and not but utilizing. But how much is that it. on the coordinator? Uh, I, well, I think that. I mean, he's got a headset, so he could overrule. Yeah. Um, and he, I don't think that it was. I don't because I don't and I don't remember. And a lot of who it, it he's was. trusting his quarterback. Um, yeah. which is great. And, and we know that Belichick was really good in drafting and defense and with defense uh, trades and, his, and free his drafting with offense sucks. Yeah. And, <laughs> um, but it just really speaks of the greatness of, yeah. of Brady because yeah. he's the one making, and this is not an athletic guy. No, you no. know, he's, he's not going to run. I mean, he's not, uh, Patrick Mahomes. No, man, he gets rid of the ball inside of two seconds. That's yes. what he does. And if he can't do it, uh, and he makes sure that the receivers around him understand that they need to be where they need to be. And, and it's all about precision with him. Yeah. And as soon as that precision is gone, that's when, you know, that's when things start to fall apart. That's why that last year in New England, um, and they had all those rookies, and they were just dropping balls right and left. They weren't where they were supposed to be. And he was so frustrated. And, uh, and they just wouldn't get the guys to surround him. The Patriots would have gone out and onto the free agency market and got a couple of guys to surround him. 
Uh, maybe, uh, but it, sometimes guys need a change and yeah, true. look how motivated he was and who would ever thought that the 49ers would have ever traded Joe Montana and they uh, traded him because, um, you know, can they, are they going to be committed to two monster contracts? This is back in 93, 94 or so. And they traded him because they had Steve Young. Yeah. Um, and then Montana had a couple big years, you know, motivated well, and, and look at Peyton Manning. How could he ever leave Indianapolis? Well, they're gonna go, they're gonna draft Andrew Luck. Yeah, there's you know yeah. you can't fault that. And you're going and so, to Denver, it's and, a- and then and then he puts them over the top. The next guy who may be in that kind of argument is Aaron Rodgers. Probably not going to be back with Green Bay. Glad Sounds you brought like that up because that's my he's, next. He's topic. fed up. Yeah, and if he goes to Denver or wherever, he's going to be motivated. And Dude, there's there's a lot of greatness left in that guy. He oh, was the MVP last yeah. year. He's got he's got several years left in him. That was the next thing that I was going to move to. Uh, as you're hanging out here with me, Keith Brooks, aka Boondock, and my man Joe Davidson here on this brand new sports show that uh, that we've just launched. Uh, you're going to love it. I know that you are. I'll give you details on how exactly you can listen and where you can find it. Uh, we got the YouTube channel now. We've got uh, everything's kind of working in our favor. So you, social media, you're going to have to look at our, our ugly faces now. But, uh, but I, yeah, we talked about, um, you know, I talked about Aaron Rodgers all off season because he won the MVP. Um, I, 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 I've interviewed him several times. You probably have as well. Um, I, I didn't like him at first, um, and I've never been a Green Bay fan. But over the years, he's grown on me. I like the fact that he's kind of a local kid. Uh, I think he, he played at what? He was up in Chico, right? He was uh, at Pleasant Valley High in Chico. Yeah, Pleasant Valley High. And then uh, went, went to, to Cal. Cal. Well, went to Butte College. Butte College, then over to Cal. The one thing yeah. I didn't like about Aaron Rodgers, and he still pounds his theme. And, you know, good for you, uh, Aaron Rodgers, where you always have this Chip this, on your shoulder. This chip on your shoulder, and you got overlooked. Nobody's in the market for a five foot ten, hundred and sixty five quarter, hundred and sixty five yeah. pound quarterback. Yeah. They're just not. No. Um, and so he goes to Butte College, which is a national powerhouse right there in Oroville. And uh, our producer Megan say, yeah, "I know where that is." Um, yeah. And he, <laughs> um, it was his uh, latest freshman year. And Jeff Tedford, the Cal coach, had the Bears soaring. He went up to, to go watch a practice. Because he was looking at a tight end and said, who's this quarterback? Yeah. So he'd grown two inches and added some weight. That's how he got discovered. Yeah. And he probably would have wound. So then he goes to Cal. And I covered a lot of Cal games. And he gets Cal rolling. And they played a game at USC, 102,000 people or 98,000 people down in the L.A. Coliseum. And he completes, I think, 22 in a row. Yeah. After they lose late. Yeah. And <laughs> he didn't want to face the media. Um, and so a lot of us media people said, get him out here. This yeah. is part of leadership, yeah. accountability. Yeah. And so he finally came out, and I asked him about it. And he kind of said, yeah, I, I need to be out here. Yeah, you do. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he's always kind of had a little he's bit of, a, that, with of that, that edge. Yeah. Um, and he certainly has had a, a great career with, with Green Bay. But there are reports coming out now, Keith, where – you know, people have said general managers around the league said he's not always well liked by his coaches, or the front office, or his teammates. He's considered kind of aloof and um, egotistical, or whatever. That's always um, been you're, his a, you're as good as what you're. you're you know, Tom Brady's teammates love the guy. Oh yeah. And yep. one thing that that Aaron Rodgers has always done is he's always given back. Um, and he he um, when uh, Paradise High School. Um, burned, yeah, or the whole town burned down, yeah. Um, that hit home for him, 
you know, he wasn't a Paradise High guy. He was just up the road. He donated a lot of equipment, a lot of helmets. Didn't do it for for show. He did it because he cared. No, he does. Um, he does. But there's there's something deeper with this guy too, where he's had a falling out with his parents. Yeah, his brother, and he won't talk about it. Um, he I've interviewed his parents, not about this, but uh, when he was. Um, a player, it's always a, a, a you know a local good story when they're in the Super Bowl. They're deeply hurt, and we don't know what's going on there. Uh, really, none of our business. And there's been there's a lot of good reporters out there. They can't seem to figure it out. And he, there's something something, something went wrong where they, what I could deduce is they didn't approve of his lifestyle or a woman he was with or his falling out with his brother or something, mm-hmm. and. You know, we could say how we feel here, Keith, but that seems a little shallow on his part. It he's always been that way. Like the, the rap on him has always been he's kind of a aloof, shallow, thin skinned, um, always you know, always talking about how the Niners didn't pick him. Uh, all of that stuff. That the Tom Brady dealt with the same crap, and he turned it into you know the greatest you know uh, you know quarterback. Uh, you know, career ever. Hey, and it worked out just fine for Aaron Garcia or Aaron uh, Rodgers. We, who's to say that Rodgers would have been Hall of Fame great if he stayed with the 49ers? We don't know. We don't, we don't know. know. But I will say this. Um, I have watched Aaron Rodgers now for, um, you know, since the begin since he came into the league. And I was a Favre fan. And I love Favre. I, to this day, I love Favre. And, um, and I, I didn't know much about Rodgers, except that he was kind of a local kid. Um, and then over the years, I watched him, and I didn't like him because of that aloofness, that, that sarcasm, that douchebaggery that seemed to, like, he just kind of gave off this douchey, like, um, I'm better than you vibe with them big-ass bug eyes of his. And it just, it just irritated Tell us how you really yeah, feel. Yeah, he looked like the great gazoo from the Flintstones with that stupid <laughs> helmet that was way too big for Like, I was always irritated at him. And and then over the years, like, over, and then I interviewed him at the AT&T Pro-Am, right? And Up in Tahoe. Up, no, uh, at the, uh, no, not at Edgewood. That's the other one. Uh, at the, in uh, at Pebble Beach. Gotcha. Okay. And um, and we were we were sitting down talking, and I said, to, "I'm going to get him on, and I'm going to force him to acknowledge that Tom Brady is the greatest of all time." Right? And it just come off. This was 2014. Uh, Tom Brady had just won the Super Bowl. Um, I mean, it was 2015. I don't remember. He just won the Super Bowl um, with uh, where they beat Seattle. Right? So we were up in in in, in like a week later was the AT and T. So we're sitting there, and I'm talking with all these NFL guys. I had. Um, uh, geez, I can't remember what was the what was the guy's uh, name who was the quarterback or was the coach of uh, the Jets for a while. Um, um, Mar- is it Marv? Uh, Mar- what's his name? God dang it! Oh, I know who you're talking. Uh, you were in it to win the game. Yes, um, you win the game. Hello, Herb Edwards. Herb Edwards. Right. I love that guy. I had I him on, dude. and we talked, and I was like, "Oh my god, this dude's like the greatest." Dude. I love this guy. And then we had a couple other guys on, and uh, and then in comes Aaron Rodgers, and we were not, not sure he was going to actually sit in with us. I and, and my producer said we got Aaron Rodgers coming. I said, "The hell we are." Aaron Rodgers ain't coming in here. That dude's so he's such a douche. He's not going to come. He's not going to sit down with us. He's not going to talk football. He's going to be you know, I don't know, texting Danica Patrick or something. So I'm like sitting there and, uh, and then as I'm, as I'm talking to my producer with my head turned, talking to my producer about how he's not going to come in cause he's kind of a douche. Aaron Rodgers comes walking in and I don't think he heard me, but he came walking in 
No handlers, nobody. He just said, uh, I think I'm supposed to be here next. And, and we were the only radio station there. And he sat down, and we probably talked football for 25 minutes when he was supposed to be there for about five. How was he? Sweetest dude Good. in the world. Good. Like, like, and no, I'm he's pissed got it, you know? because he was such a nice guy. Yeah. And I was like, and I said to him before everything else, I said to him, and I, you know, this is back when I was at Sports 1140. And I said, before we get going, can I just get you to admit that the greatest of all time is Tom Brady? He goes, I've been saying that for years. And I went, I love you. Yeah. All right. The rest of this interview is done. I don't need to say anything else. The man's uh, like a good guy in my book. And you know what? He, th- that's, that's Aaron Rodgers. He has goodness. He 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 can be very likable. He's done a lot of good interviews. When he um, plus I, he got I, to see Danica Patrick. Nathan exactly. Um, I used to talk to him quite a bit when he was at Cal, and um, you would appreciate this story, even though you're not a Packer fan, but you're a football fan. When he was a rookie with the Packers, I went up to Green Bay to do a story on a week at the training camp inside Packer Mania through the eyes of like three local guys, mm-hmm. the assistant head coach. Um, line coach was James Campen, who went to Ponderosa High School, played yeah. for years in the NFL with the Packers. So he was my host of sorts. I'd known him for years. Uh, a couple other guys were local and Aaron Rodgers. And uh. here was, um, um, you know, this was Brett Favre's team. And um, Campen, the, the, the coach from Sacramento area, um, he was buddies with, with uh, Favre, and he set me up with a nice one-on-one, which was unheard of nice. in Green Bay. Yeah. Favre was in such demand that he only did one press conference a week. Wow. Um, but he said, you know, we brought him in, and, and we chit-chatted, and I said, what do you think of Aaron Rodgers? This guy may take him. He goes, I hope he pushes me. Yeah. And I thought, pretty good attitude. Yeah. Um, and Because when he first came in, he was, it didn't sure. sound like he was. You know, nobody <laughs> wants to. And I think, and here's the irony, is Aaron Rodgers has got his his thong in a bunch because he's got, um, they drafted a quarterback last yeah, year. Not a bad one Hey, either. you got to, you know, it's a business. And we know in the NFL. Same you thing happened to Tom Brady? Exactly. And you're going to take a hit. You could be gone. You could, mm-hmm. you know, just whatever. If you're the Packers, I think you have to trade him. I was it's gonna, hard to yeah. – you can't make him report. No, he's already skipped uh, minicamp. Yeah. Um, and that that was the question I was going to ask you because he skipped minicamp. I, I don't expect that he'll be there at all uh, through through. Uh, and what a camp. bad look. It's a bad look, but – An but, NFL MVP for a Super Bowl contender who doesn't want to be around. And that's crazy, too, because Green Bay is a Super Bowl contender. I, I don't know if LaFleur is not – uh, is not I don't know if he's the guy or not, but um, but it's like I don't I'm not a hundred percent sure what they're gonna do. I, I I guess you're right that the only thing you could could really do is trade them, but doesn't that you know that kind of sets a bad precedent? Oh, moving well, forward. but this is sports now. Um, yeah. you know, look at Zion Williamson. The word the word came out this week. He's the powerhouse forward for. New Orleans Pelicans. He's a beast. He's a man child. And the family, this is how sports have changed, Keith. The family is leaking it out to the media. Well, we'd like to have a a change. Bro. Were you the coach? (laughs) Yeah, he just got here. And so, um, you know, it's, it's, is it a bad precedent? Geez, Magic Johnson in 1981 did not like Paul Westhead anymore. Yeah. yeah. And they won a championship. So this stuff's been going on for years. And and that's, that's the deal with, you know, we'll talk about this in other shows, but. In high school, the coach is the boss. Yeah. In college, 
the coach is the boss yeah. in the NBA, NFL. Major, really the boss it's um, you know you really you know these players are they got pull. Oh, they do. Um, you know, they, John they have a huge influence. Nineteen eighty three NFL draft. I don't want to go to, and he came across as arrogant, and oh, petulant, so and bad. big target. And um, and he, and he tried to say, well, yeah, I can't do my, I can't play my best football in the cold weather. The, yeah. And you're like, go to Denver, bro. Yeah. Have you been to Denver? He's just trying to leverage his way out yeah. of there, and yeah. you know, he became an all time great. There's no doubt, but it was no a bad look, bad look. Um, you know, and he didn't. Ursay was one of the all time douchebags. If we want to talk yeah, about douchebags, and he is, he is. um, that you know, you see these documentaries, and oh, I'm not interested in selling the Colts. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. And um, <laughs> then they then they move. Uh, yeah. Or I'm not in interested in moving. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. And so that's um, that's what's great about sports is you have the, I don't want to say purity of high school sports and college because we know there's a lot of business going on. Yeah, we'll talk about that in business. upcoming shows yeah. and transfers in high schools and the transfer portal in college. Yep. And, yep. and these, you know, should college athletes get paid some kind of stipend? Yes, probably. I could see why they don't. You don't want guys making hundred thousand dollars a year uh, washing cars yeah. or whatever it might be so yeah. uh now if you're the green bay packers a fan and there's a huge amount of packer fans in, the, in this country even huge. though it's the smallest market team they're hurting yeah because if they lose they're never going to get fair value they'll never get fair value and nobody will ever be Aaron they'd have Rogers. to re- they'd have to reboot yeah oh yeah yeah you know so so we know that draft picks are the lifeblood in the NFL, you know? Um, so what is he going to get? Two first rounders? Um, yeah, I mean, you could get you could uh, years ago he'd get four or five. Yeah, that doesn't happen anymore. No, back in seventy eight, seventy nine, I did a flashback story when the 49ers were in the Super Bowl a couple years ago. The 49ers had some dreadful trades. They traded in nineteen seventy eight for washed up OJ Simpson. Yeah, and they gave up three number one picks. <laughs> yeah, I and he had nothing left. Yeah, that would uh, that'd be unheard of. Yeah, today you might give up a fifth rounder. Yeah, no, they're they're uh, in a bucket of ice. All of the um, all of the the GMs and the owners now way um, way more um, bullish when it comes to giving up those picks. Those those picks are sought after, especially especially in the. That's NFL. how you elevate if you yeah. pick right. That's what the Kings have done wrong. Oh yeah, a hundred percent, man. 100%. Oh my goodness! And so if you're a small market team. What do you have to do in the NBA to succeed? You better draft. Better draft you well. You better draft well yeah. or make a good trade yeah. um, because you're not a free agent destination. <laughs> well, and so what, what yeah. has Phoenix done? Well, Phoenix drafted really well. Booker. Really well. Um, well, they had two. They, they, and then they got a nice acquisition in um, – um, Chris Paul. Chris Paul. And then they had the first pick of the draft in uh, Deontay Aiden. They hit home runs with those guys. Aiden. Uh, but they, Same with Utah. But draft they, picks. Aiden. They got Aiden, and he's good. They could have had Luka Doncic though, and and they did have two years in a row where they blew the the, the fourth round pick. Like I mean, excuse me, the fourth overall pick. They had bad back to back, not bad back to back. They had one bad uh, fourth uh, uh, pick four, four yeah. number four pick. Uh, they got Aiton with it, and then they had one. I can't even remember the dude's name, but that dude's that dude's a wash. Um, but they could have got Luka. But I mean, they've they've done pretty well. And and uh, that's how you get. And they've it. built it because they're not a destination city. The same way with Sacramento. Right. Sacramento's got to draft well and hope that they can hold on for you three or four Thomas years. You can't have Thomas Robinson. You can't no. draft Jimmer Fredette. You can't draft no. Thomas oh, Robinson. God. You can't draft Stop uh, Quincy Dooley. Uh, white guys. You know, I mean, just guys who can't play. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, here's the thing about Luka Doncic. So why didn't the Kings grab him? Well, wouldn't Vlade Divac, Kings general manager, then most beloved King in all time or in franchise history? What you know, he might have been onto something because if you see the athletic 
and ESPN had some great reporting on Luka Doncic. So uh, Rick Carlisle just stepped down as just the uh, down. Well, two years. Like, he what, couldn't thirteen get, years. Of- he, he could not get along with his star player. His yeah. star player, Luka Doncic, who was a hell of a player, was mocking him at games. Would would do facial gestures. There was some infighting. So Rick Carl Carlisle said, "I'll bow out because yeah. this guy's a keeper." Yeah. Well, you know, did Vladi know that? I don't know. You should still draft him. But here's the other thing: when Vladi probably did know, since he's a European, he player. Did, and and um, attitude and behavior and all. You know, can you coach the guy? When when you see Luka Doncic when he was playing overseas before he came into the draft, well, okay, he's six ten, so he's big and can shoot. But is he fast? He's athletic. No. So it's like maybe this. You know. So 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 then you look at he's pretty. And I'm not amazing, defending though. the Kings here. I think Marvin Bagley's been a colossal disappointment. But when Mike Shisheski, the Duke coach, says of Bagley, who he had for two years, he goes, this guy is a great player. Yeah. He's pretty strong. He has, he, he does, he's not been a great player. No, he's not. He has no he, – he, hopefully he matures into a drive because he doesn't have it. Yeah. And his dad um, is trying to leverage a trade since pretty much since they've been there. Yeah. They feel like they're uh, – you know, the, 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 the media has been hard on him. <laughs> <laughs> the media oh. in Sacramento, if you think that's hard, good luck anywhere else. You know, you know what kind of questions the media in Sacramento ask? <laughs> yeah. What's your favorite color? Yeah, I'm telling you, What's man. What's your first car? Yeah. Do you do you have do you like pepperoni pizza or cheese? You know, it's a pretty soft market. Bro, I even I lived in Phoenix for a while, and, and even the even the 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 um, uh, the press in Phoenix can be tough on you. Sure. A lot tougher than they are in Sacramento. Um, which is not to say that the Sacramento press, um, you included, don't. You know, don't ask hard-hitting questions or don't know their stuff. They all do. They're very good. But it's just, it's not the same right. market. And I think that the, the media people, I mean, as a as a writer for Sac B doing sports, did you ever uh, feel like you didn't want to cross a line with an athlete because you didn't want to piss them off and then and then be one of the causes that they want to leave town? Well, and no player would leave because of a media person. But I, I see what you're saying. Um, yeah, you. that's where, you know, hard work, and just uh, being professional and thir- thorough. If you're going to challenge a guy uh, and say that, um, you know, Doug Christie needs to be better on offense yeah. and he can't just be a defensive player, then you better show up to practice the next day. Yeah. Don't yeah. hide. Yeah. Because some guys will do that. Um, but, you know, when I was covering the Kings, um, I used to, I did a big takeout on Doug Christie and his his wife Jackie, and the whole thing where he had his fingers up in the air to to salute her, and you know, geez, are you are you pussy whooped? And what is it? Yeah. And I got to know him, and I got to know her, and I said, I want this to be, you know, uh, you know, I want you guys to really talk. They were fabulous, and oh, yeah. they talked about, yeah, it looked a little goofy. Yeah, it looks like we're you know we look like a high school crush, but yeah, we've known each other for years. Mm-hmm. Um, and I asked Doug Christie, I said, could you see where people think? That you might be pussy whooped. And he goes, yeah, hey, yeah. Joe, uh, that means I'm happy and more people ought to be pussy whipped. And I said, you know what? I'm okay with his attitude. Yeah. And the the big part of the story was we had it before anybody else's. The Kings allowed him to have Jackie Christie, his wife, on the team playing. Oh, and yeah. Chris Webber and Vladi were the team captain and said, we love Doug. We're good with it. Huh? And there I said, go. Okay. I thought that was more than fair. Um, that story doesn't work if they don't both talk about it. The NBA, um, and we're going to wrap this up in a few minutes here. We've only got a few minutes left, uh, but I do want to. I'm just getting warmed up. I know, I know, I know. Uh, I want to end on 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 this part of the uh, of the discussion, which was was something that you and I talked about uh, having a couple of beers. Uh, last week down there at Brick during Park. the show, what are you talking uh, about? Yeah, that too. Um, <laughs> and, and it involves the NBA and it involves sports in general. I stopped watching sports. So let me ask you: Are you year. back? Yeah. Uh, no, 
No, okay. I'm not. I'm not back a hundred percent. Um, for a couple of reasons. Number one, I'm pissed off at Major League Baseball for pretending to be political. Um, just shut up. Just shut up, man. Seriously, I, I don't want to hear about your. I, I don't. I'm not. In, I am not concerned with your um, your opinion about uh, the Georgia voting laws. And it doesn't fit uh, with baseball yeah. all star. Yeah. It's a big loss. It is to ha- not have loss. an all star game. It's a coming off a pandemic. You want an all star game in and your city because that's a in your city because it's a major economic boom. And that city, I I, I think the numbers are somewhere around fifty five to sixty five percent African American. You are you're gonna you're gonna take away that revenue stream from that city because you think that uh, requiring people to have a voter ID is somehow anti-black or something. Now we it's won't get into the yeah we won't get into the politics of it because it's you know that's that's a deeper deeper conversation. But um, but when the when Major League Baseball decides it's going to go from being baseball, which they have enough trouble trying to figure out, uh, into um, you know jumping into sports or jumping into politics, that's where you lose me. Um, they should have just discussed it, yeah, and have a passionate press conference about it, or say they disagree um, with it or something. And, if you and want. Just, we disagree with yeah. it, but we're going to embrace this All Star Game because we want to show off yeah, our venue and our something. city. Yeah, and then and the other and thing they've was had Super Bowls there, run, right? Yeah, and then the other thing that they did was 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 uh, during COVID and having people, you know, having managers come out there with masks on, and it's like some people had masks on, some people didn't. It was before the vaccine. It's like it was so bizarre and weird, and then cardboard cutout people and stuff like that. It's like it's like what are you guys doing, man? Get your shit together, man. Like this doesn't none of this makes any sense. Now I can understand in the first few weeks trying to figure some stuff out. Uh, I just I just felt like it was it was wokeness, it was political correctness running amok and them moving the all-star game. I have had many opportunities to go to Major League Baseball games since. I refuse to do it ever again unless they decide unless they decide to pull out of this politic game that they know nothing about. And it's what we talked on earlier, the consumer. The consumer drives all this interest and you're not alone. There are No. Hundreds of thousands, you know, the, the, the ratings for yeah. uh, um, basketball, the NFL, they took a hit. They did take a hit. Here's Major League Baseball. Last year's World Series, the Dodgers, Tampa Bay, 9 million viewers, all right? Um, in the in the top game, was their, their highest was 9 million. And that's including a massive second largest market in, the, in, the, yeah. in America. Yeah, you, with, yeah. Los, with Angeles. Los Angeles. 2019, uh, they uh, are, uh, t- excuse me, t- yeah, 2019, they had 13 million at their highest game of viewing for the World Series. Um, and so that's a huge hit mm-hmm. for just from one year to the next. And in their biggest year, 2004, they had 25 million people at their highest uh, game watching uh, World Series. It has dropped to 9 million. I don't think that's a, a, um, a coincidence. And then um, as far as far as attendance at the games, 32,000 was the average in 2007. In 2019, it had dropped to 26,000. Wow. Um, and that was before the pandemic. Right. Um, when it comes to NBA, you've got you've got Walt culture. You've got LeBron James mouthing off about everything. And 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 we'll get into that probably on the next show because we don't have a ton of time left. But and we're um, real quick. I can understand yeah. why LeBron James wants to, to speak out uh, because he's got a big platform and he's done a lot of great things and helping kids go to college and all that. But um, again, your consumer, 
You know, yeah. Do they want to hear? Well, you know, the NBA is is um, basically what the NBA is told a major with with Black Lives Matter, putting it on the floors, uh, things of that nature. And then watching Black Lives Matter and Antifa burn cities down and things. Um, Black Lives Matter, the sentiment is completely different from Black Lives Matter, the group. And it was uh, and then you had like these players coming out, making it sound like if you don't agree with them, then you're some sort of racist. They alienated a giant part of their audience. Um, and basically said, we don't want you. And it um, confuses, I think, the young people. It does. It does confuse the young people. Now, you know, I'm trying, what am I supposed to believe? And I, I love LeBron James and I love this, but I don't, you know, my parents are mad because of what he's saying. So it's uh, exactly. And, yeah. and the ratings have taken a huge hit. Uh, and just to give you an example, last year's NBA Finals, or you know, was this year with uh, with LeBron James Lakers uh, facing the Miami Heat, they had seven million viewers. Wow. Now, in um, to 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 contrast that, we've only got a couple minutes left. Uh, Gonzaga and the Baylor game, seventeen million people watched that. And something fresh, something back, something without politics, without politics, dripping. Yeah, and and uh, at least not. Yeah, and Le- LeBron James is one of those guys too, who's like it's it's not just politics. It's 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 like. You know, it's, it's LeBron James who's always pushing it. And then on top of that, uh, back in uh, 1998, the Bulls and the Jazz, there was 37 million oh. that watched that one. Um, so you look at, and then ESPN real quick, uh, the ratings for 2020 as far as the the, uh, the, the ratings were concerned, as far as uh, the top 20 uh, networks out there. You had Fox, NBC, ABC, CBS, Fox, uh, affiliates. Um, you had Home and Garden, MSNBC, Food Network, TBS, The Learning Channel, Hallmark, Nickelodeon, Investigation. I never heard of that. Uh, USA Network, Univision, All Turner, History, and then ESPN because they're the wokest of them all. So um, I think we'll, Gilligan's Island even had yeah, the reruns. Yeah, the reruns. Uh, <laughs> we will uh, get into that more on our next show. That'll be like um, a precursor to us talking about wokeism and, and will I really come back at some point um, going into the hey, next you may show. Change your, you may change yeah. your mind in a week. May do that. Um, I, I'm, I'm glad everybody was uh, watching, paying attention, hanging out with us. This is uh, a brand new thing for myself and Joe. Uh, Joe's been, uh, you know, involved in sports for 30 plus years. Um, I've been involved with radio for 20 plus years and, and I did sports for uh, for a few years and uh, both passionate sports people. And so we're glad that you're watching and paying attention and everything else. And we want you to, uh, to, to check us out. So Spotify, iTunes, just go to the Boondock Underground. You'll see under that umbrella, you'll see the uh, show and uh, you'll get a chance to tune in and check it out. So until next time, which is going to be one week from now, Thanks for hanging out with us, Joe. You got any parting words? No, um, we're going to be fun. We'll be, yeah. we'll, uh, we're unfiltered. Um, yeah. and, and maybe at some point we'll invite people to send us an email or yeah. a, a text. And if you got a question or a topic, uh, we'll, we'll jump on it. And we're going to have a, a, we're going to have a female who's part of our show is going to be over at the bar over there. Who's going to be doing stuff and paying attention and basically pretty it up a little yeah, bit. They're gonna yeah. They're going to make it a little more aesthetically pleasing. Yes. So, uh, thanks for listening and we'll check you out next time. I'm out.